Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. I go to therapy and therapy is canceled and therapy what? is canceled. And this puts me in the best mood because there's nothing like, like, woo, you get there, like the lights are off. I'm like, oh, I guess it's not canceled. It didn't make my calendar. So I was in such a good mood driving home that I was doing this thing that I do. And Georgia, I need for you to tell me if this is normal or not. Oh, no. I call it drive dancing. And oh, this I, is when oh, yeah. you've got the windows huh. down in your car yeah, 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 yeah. and the sunroof is down. Yeah. And then you were listening to this banging track. And yep. then you're like raising the roof as you're driving, like, which is kind of dangerous. So, or cabbage patching <laughs> while you're driving. So yeah. my question is, is this normal? Am I the only person that does this? Okay. I, I don't know if it's normal or not. I cannot answer that question. But I do this all yes! the time. Yes. All the time. I yes. am jamming out all alone. I'm pointing to people in, in the, uh, at, to the windows of other yes. people driving next to me. <laughs> right. They, for some reason, don't want to – they just kind of look at me like, what are you doing? And why are you pointing at me? And then they shake their head and keep on driving off. Um <laughs> But I love I, I love to do that. I, think I do that's too. Great. You, you <laughs> see, you crank up the music, yeah. and of course you're singing, right? And yeah. then you're looking Poorly. at the car next to you, and you're like praying that they're going to know the lyrics too, so you can like have a moment of jamming <laughs> yeah, out yeah, in yeah. a red light. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Steve, you do this, right? No, well, no, but I figure that. You're you're driving in Boston, so that's probably about the least unsafe thing that I've seen anybody do on the road in Boston. So yeah. I think you're fine. I mean, I'm I spend more time on the Mass Pike than I probably should than is healthy for any individual. And there oh, are yeah. people like eating steak dinners in traffic and stuff. That's like calm and not even a story compared to some of the things I've seen. Wait, but I have another question, Bree. Why are you so happy that therapy was canceled? Well, it's like, I mean, you know what? I mean, to be serious here, like, you know, I am currently, like, taking a step back from, you know, so much traveling and and stuff to, like, deal with the trauma of Gamergate, right? So Mm -hmm. you go there and, you know, I am working with a a post-traumatic stress specialist right so it's a hard session like sometimes we do emdr stuff um you know so i mean i i love my therapist she's a great person but it's it's taxing right so it's like you feel like you're out of school for the day so i don't (laughs) know playing hooky yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so this is so george i need to ask you what what dance moves do you do? Because my favorite one is when the track is so banging and then you're just like <laughs> like pumping your fist through the sunroof. Like, hurrah! And like you're driving 60 miles an hour down the road and the wind is going. Do you do that? I, I do all kinds of moves. Like I think they're moves. I don't think they're really moves. Like they're probably <laughs> – there's probably no names for these moves. Like they're probably closer to uh, squirrel – 
after it has a seizure than any other kind of dance moves that you I've would have. I've seen that on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. 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 You don't yeah. see a squirrel, like, shaking on the ground. It, that's probably more of what my moves are. But to me, they're great. And I'm, like, doing, like, you know, the wave with my arms. I'm yeah. popping. And, like, yeah. you know, I'm rock- I think that I'm I'm like totally banging it out, but it's probably just I just probably look like someone's like, oh no, there's something medically wrong with her. Call someone <laughs> before she crashes the car. That's, but that's I, my I'm fear is a cop is gonna see me like doing the cabbage patch while I'm driving, which is hard because <laughs> I'm tall and the steering wheel is right there. Right, so like, right, right, right. That could be dangerous. You have to and do a one-handed like, like, cabbage patch. That's the thing. Is you do the one-handed <laughs> cabbage patch. <laughs> So, Micah, do you do this? Let on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So okay, here's yeah. the thing. Here's like what yeah. separates you, I think, from me. I have to have quite a bit of caffeine before I'm brave enough to like stare other cars down while I'm doing it. But you better <laughs> believe that like Beyonce is turned up way high and I'm in the car like trying to shake my ass, but it just doesn't move because <laughs> it's in the seat. But the rest of my body is rolling and all over the place. Like oh. I am singing as loud as I can. And like when Shane's in the car, he's, you know, pretty much red in the face, like, get me out of here. Uh, But uh, most of the time when I'm driving, I'm driving alone, which is just good for everyone because, yeah, I can't help but listen to music that makes me want to sing along. Like whether it's the Hamilton musical or it's Beyonce or it's like even the Postal Service, which doesn't have music you can like really sing along to. How are you like rocking out to the Postal Service? Am I supposed to know what the Postal Service yeah, is? Yeah, I'm a little confused. I'm like, is that some band? You you probably know such great heights. You probably you might not Death know Cab it. for Cutie. Yeah, Death oh, Cab. Okay. It, okay. It's Death Cab for Cutie's like electronic side band side project. They won't see us waving from such great heights. Come down now. They'll say. Okay, I have to right, someone get me this. I think, yeah, actually, Georgia, I think you would like it. Brie, I think you'd hate it. No, Um, I only listen to EDM, and all your normal people music is completely unacceptable to me. It's called Postal Service? Yeah, Yeah. the Postal Service. Yeah, the Postal Service. So this is why I propose. This is why I propose, Georgia and Micah, because you're awesome. So I I propose (laughs) next time we're in Boston together, the three of us get in my car, which is called Uh, USS Timberlake, and then we jam out to Sexy Back. We yes. jam out to, like, Rock Your Body. We yes. jam out to everything. And you yes. know, like, Four Minutes with Madonna. I know oh you know gosh. those lyrics, Micah. Yes. Oh, I, I do. know you know I those do. lyrics. <laughs> Me Against the Music with Britney Spears. And we'll just drive around Boston Toxic in the Britney party Spears. car. And Steve can drive behind us <laughs> so he can call the ambulance once they're yes. in the wreck. Well, while I'm right, listening right, to, my, right. to my weepy emo music. Yeah. <laughs> I am so down. Can we have like GoPros in the, in the car yeah. so that we can actually share yeah. this with people? So people because can experience the party car, right? I'm already dancing right now, and I'm not at my like, standing desk, so my ass is trying to move, and it's not going anywhere. I'm just, you're, I'm you're, just having such a hard time imagining you in like Ben Gibbard's party car, and just <laughs> how is this happening? Like, how are you even okay. managing? I, I think this, this might be affecting the brand of Sergeant Industries. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you on Snapchat, Steve? Of course I'm not on Snapchat. What kind of a question is that? Well, you, the day you join Snapchat is the day I send you Ben Gibbard party car. Oh, oh my God. There we go. We should, we uh, should start the show. We should we get start going, the show. Yeah. We should, let's get to Wait, it. Wait, yeah. this was not the show? Well. Oh, this is the show, baby. This is the show. This, this so, is, here so we Brie, go. While we're talking. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I can dance to this too. <laughs> George, that? that is acceptable. You have acceptable. Uh, that's I will not bow. Breaking Benjamin. Oh, all right. All right. Mm. Oh, bring me to life. Oh. Yeah, I have that too. I like it. It's very. You're right. It's very similar in its kind of uh, upbeat. All the all the all my angry '90s industrial songs are coming back to me now. I like angry '90s industrial songs. That's we've got to to get back on track here. And while we're talking about throwing our arms around everywhere, whoa, segue. <laughs> wow. Let's talk about let's talk about the Oculus Rift, which we just saw a photo uh, pop up on Twitter from Ms. Bree. Oh didn't yeah. We? So are you loving it? Um. <laughs> Oh, what, well, what, Bree? What is it? Well, what's wrong? Well, well, here's the story. So, you know, we got on the Oculus list like a really, really, really long time ago. Right? 17 mm-hmm. months ago, yeah. It, it was a long time ago. So, when I did it, I was like, well, you know, this is going to happen way in the future. Rev 60 will have shipped, you know. And I had no idea that, like, a ton of stuff would, would happen between them. You know, my husband and I have just moved to a new house because, like, it hit a point of, you know, every knock on the door at my old place with Gamergate knowing my address, it was really damaging me psychologically. Yeah. So, you know, we moved to kind of help with that, right? Uh, so... The Oculus came just at this time where it's like, we just finished shipping a game, which is very expensive. We've just moved. And I have WWDC. So it's like I have this gorgeous Oculus here in the boxes as well put together as an Apple product. But I just know there's absolutely no way that it's going to run on my my Mac Pro, right? Oh, so No, it's really not going to run on your Mac Pro. No, I have the ninth fastest Mac. Uh, you know, it's a 20, 2009 octa-core. Um, but I've actually had talks with uh, Mac VigCard about this because, you know, they can, like, uh, trick out Windows graphics cards um, and, and get them to work in a Mac. But even that will not get my machine up to par, even for the <sighs> USB 3 uh, thing in it. So That's so um, frustrating. Such a sad tale. It, it really yeah. is. So I'm like, I'm going to have to wait until, you know, <sighs> after wait. we ship Rev60, probably, which will be like two weeks, then a month of waiting for a check to come through. So, Oh, my God. That's, that's torture. You have to stare at this box. I do. I do. I'm pretty just staring at you, it. saying VR and talking about music <laughs> and waving your waving your hands in the air. There's a game <laughs> called Audio Shield. Oh wait, no. Oh, Georgia Dow, you terrible, terrible. 
Oh my God, Georgia, you're you're more evil than we even realized. Wait, yeah. no, 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 no. But by the time that Re comes out, they have their move. <laughs> and she keeps going. When she goes, no, she'll be able to. She'll be able to play that. Or you can come to my place and we'll play Audio Shield together with whatever oh, music you Georgia, want. Georgia, you are you- so evil. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps trying to turn it around. Like, no, what I'm saying is really nice, but really, oh, I'm just telling God. you that you wish you could play this right now, but you can't. Oh, that's so. Beautiful. Okay, everyone needs to, to purchase Red 60 so Brie can get <laughs> her her computer really, really quickly because oh. I want to try out the games with you on Oculus, which I don't have yet. It hasn't shipped. It's shipped track. It's it's shipped or boxed by now, they said, <laughs> but it has not arrived. Didn't The HTC Vive took forever to get to you, didn't it? Oh, my goodness. My poor husband almost had a heart attack. And, oh, oh, can I say what I just purchased? <laughs> I know, Mikey, you already know, but... This is the best thing in the whole, on the whole planet. You didn't um, buy one of those computers that you can strap to your back and walk around in the room, did you? I did not buy the VR backpack. <laughs> VR. No, this. So we had to get rid of our couches so we could use the vibe because. <laughs> so we got. We did. We actually moved the couches out. We threw them out. Our Such couches. commitment. Such commitment. <laughs> so hardcore. Like my husband. Like he better appreciate me because I don't think that many people would let them throw out everything in the uh, living room. No. He just shouted, "You're okay." <laughs> wow. That's because he already has it done. You wouldn't be shouting that if it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> like this whole reality that you live in is just un- unimaginable. It really Georgia. is. It's awesome. <laughs> but what did you? What be, did you buy? You tell that when we're all together dancing with the roof down in Bree's car and you're being embarrassed as you, you're gonna have to drive that's really Steve's just gonna have to drive we'll yeah Steve can Steve be the drive. driver so we can have the party car <laughs> but I I have to say what's even more frustrating for me is yeah. like wiring up Rev 60 like a yeah. binary of it to work with Oculus is not something that would be extremely hard to do and wow. that's the really frustrating part is I have a little bit of downtime right now and like I really want to go straight to development I just yeah. can't right now so oh. Yeah, I don't think I could yeah. do that. I would, I would literally like have to ask someone I trust to take the box because I would just be a, <laughs> I would be like that dog that you know they, they've got. I don't know. There's like a bone in the window or something, and they just right. stare at it for yeah. hours and hours and hours, Begging. and they can never get it. Yeah, scratching wishing, noises. Yes, I would be scratching at the box. It would be sitting there, and I would be scratching at it. And Shane would come home, and I would look at him with the puppy doggiest eyes in the oh. world, and. It It'd just be like a sad thing. I, I couldn't do it. You're you're well, braver than I am. Going yeah, seriously. Right now, she has to stare at it constantly, torturing her. It's so. It's, it's like wrong. the box is so beautiful, and you open it up, and it just it's like an Apple product where everything is so well thought mm-hmm. through. And I won't even start like undoing it because I know it's just gonna like. Break you should my wear heart, it just. So. <laughs> don't, yeah, just I can't because the feel of it. Yeah, it's like. It's like knowing there's a puppy underneath the Christmas tree and I can't pet it. So. I would oh, package it yeah. and unpackage it and repackage it. And oh my God. I don't know if you guys did this when you were kids, but when I was younger and I would lose a tooth, I would sometimes, like for the first day, you could stick it back in where it was and right. then you could take it out Pretend. again. And yeah. I used to do that with my baby teeth. And I think that this is that's what I would do with the Oculus Rift. I would, un, I would open it up and take it all out and be like, oh, this is so great. And then I would carefully wrap it all back up and put all of the wire ties back on it, package it up again, and just do that for a month until I can finally buy a computer for it.
Because it is, it's an exorbitant um, a price range to be able to buy computers that will run VR because yeah. latency yeah. and frame rate, and it, it will make you sick. And Oculus, unfortunately, has a greater chance of making you sick than the Vive does. And so you want to make sure that your computer will not, you know, be a little bit, it won't stutter because if so, you're going to feel even worse on it. And that's going to make a really poor VR experience. And that makes it really far out of most people's price range. To be able well, to have you can't. You can't. It can't be worse than the uh, than the you know the the Samsung Galaxy like VR oh, that I Google have in my cardboard. office. Like oh no no no. It's it's is that is that really bad? I haven't tried it. It's really oh, it's bad. So it's so terrible. Like ten minutes of development on it makes me feel sick. I Ooh. I do have to say I wonder if I did go to Mac Vid Cards and like buy a maxed out like three hundred dollar graphics card. Uh, in a Bluetooth, uh, uh, sorry, not Bluetooth, a USB 3, uh, you know, uh, card for my Mac Pro. And that's cheap. That's like, you know, $30 or so. I really wonder how much of the, uh, of it being CPU bound is really going to matter. Cause I've got a ton of Ram in this machine, like, and I've got a top line SSD in it. So yeah. I'd be worth I, experimenting. Is it, is it like a quad yeah. core? Uh, it's an eight core. It's yeah. uh, okay, literally so the ninth fastest Mac that's ever been made. But I uh, wonder. I, I, it would be an interesting experiment. But the thing yeah. is, is that if you're out three hundred, that could be put to the other computer if it doesn't work. But, and but I mean, if you're going to build your own machine anyway, you just put it in there, right? I mean, it's not like no, it's going to go away. I'm not going to build my own machine. <laughs> I'm not. I'm past that. You know, or, like or pay some I'll, pimply kid to do it for you or whatever. No, I but, can do it. It's the idea of like. Um, no, it's just more effort than it's worth. Yeah. I there are a bunch of Oculus um, ready PCs that look pretty good. Um, ah, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. I don't. What did you end up doing, Georgia? We ended up putting it together. Really? We bought the pieces oh, you, you and put made it one? together. I cool. haven't done that in so long. Is it is it worth it? Well, it's it's not. I don't do that. My husband does that. He's he's actually a, a huge like he built the the meme for the arcade machine too. So that's that's yeah. his area of expertise. He's within on, shouting range. He's in shouting, yeah. Yeah, George has people for this. It was, yeah. Oh, he would definitely say that it was worth it. He saved a lot of money, and he could get um, a better uh, CPU. And and how much did you end up spending? We ended up spending seven hundred dollars. Is that all? I've been thinking about this some because I've been kind of noodling with a blog post about like why. I'm not as excited about VR as I feel like I should be, but, uh, but it's, it feels like such a leap of faith where, you know, it's like, I, I'm thinking back to like the Wii and the Kinect, right? Where it was at the time it felt really magical and that was like a 250 or a $150 expense. And then that ended up being something that ended up collecting dust. And it, it feels like to take that kind of a leap of faith for something where I'm going to have to spend somewhere in the, in the order of 1500 to $2,000. And it's just a personal thing, I think, but it's hard for me to kind of get over that, to get excited about it because I know that the, at least right now, it, the expense is so high and the content may or may not be there. So it's just hard to get excited about it knowing that there's that leap of faith to spend that kind of money that you would have to take to get invested in it right now, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. And the fact that you're you're not buying a Mac, like that's what right. I can't mm-hmm. get past. That there's mm-hmm. no Mac you can buy that meets the Oculus specs. Like can go you can go out today and spend six thousand dollars on a twelve core Mac Pro twenty fifteen, right? 
uh, and it's still not going to meet the specs. So, like, theoretically, I wouldn't mind spending $1,500 if it were a Mac, something that I would want to use every day. I'm sorry, Windows people, if you're listening to this, like, all respect to you. I just can't use Windows. Yeah, I, you it, don't use it, that system. It, no. I, 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 well, I do professionally, yeah. but it's just, um, I mean, I'm at the point where I want my computer to sync with my phone and have my music yeah. and have my mail and all that stuff. Right. So yeah. <sighs> it's, it stinks to have to like buy this entire thing that is essentially like a camel hump in the end, because you mm-hmm. only are using it to water the, I don't know. I'm trying to continue with this weird metaphor, but <laughs> basically you're buying it to do one thing. And so it feels like that's all it's used for is the, the giant battery pack that powers the, the VR headset basically. And you're not going to be using the PC on a day to day basis that, yeah, that's a tough buy. I would rather spend it on the system that I can go, okay, now I can also use this to edit video and it's going to do it without, you know, breathing and all of those other things. But just to be a battery pack that you carry around your waist for like that 1950s phone or 1960s cell phone or whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's well said. Yeah. I, I, the only, the only thing is that I think that, um, you know, you haven't tried the, the HTC, I think that the Oculus is not going to be as good of experience because you don't have the controllers yet. I think that when the controllers come out, it'll be a better experience. But being seated in VR, it's kind of just like you look around versus you can actually walk around, pick things up, interact with duck. Like I'm playing hollow point and I'm ducking things, I'm fighting enemies. And so I think that you know, when you talk about an experiential gaming system that would be worth such a huge price tag, like almost exorbitant and out of most people's range, I I think that Oculus would fall short versus the HTC Vive. I haven't yet played it. It's just what most people that have reviewed both of them have uh, stated in between. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, I know for a fact because the games that come with it, or at least the ones on the back of the box, I played them in OC2. So, yeah, yeah I know yeah. for a yeah. fact that's yeah. true. Um, but once the touch controls come out, it's just it's beyond magical. So, I yeah. don't know what yeah. to see. What you, to you see? You might be turning <clears throat> yours back, your your Oculus for a Vive, though. I'm just gonna say <laughs> well, you I mean, just both, right? You just so. might. You just and might. then you Get too both. will be selling your couches to make room for the the VR. It's worth it. In your it's house. worth it. But but okay, talking about selling couches to make room for your holiday, we bought giant bean bags. Giant, lose yourself in them bean bags. It is awesome. Do you actually live in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, Georgia? <laughs> this no, may they're very amazing. Well they're the like case. five feet bean bags. I'm I'm lost in the bean bag. They can seat like three people. These giant bean bags, and there's free shipping because bean bags. The problem with buying them is the shipping on them. They're Phenomenal sumo lounge. Go there. Free shipping right now all over the world. They're, They're not a sponsor. They're not. They should be. They <laughs> to totally be clear. should be a sponsor. But yeah, go pick up some. Bean when bags. I'm going to buy a giant beanbag, the first thing I think about is the shipping. <laughs> right. It's expensive. You They're know huge. what else we should think about? Mm. Kind of a, a tough, a tough topic. Um, so, uh, you know, grab your beanbag chairs and uh, get ready. No. Um, we we've got to talk about uh tech and sexual harassment um which 
often it seems to be a, an odd place where a lot of this stuff gets covered up. And in the case of uh, Jacob Applebaum and Tor, this is another instance where there was a lot of silencing that took place because, you know, it seems like in the in the tech industry, because women are already kind of uh, pushed out of these places, there's just a lot of silencing that happens that people kind of turn their heads to. And uh, this is another bit of evidence about that. But uh, Brie, I would love if you would uh, give us a, a good synopsis here. Uh, we can start talking about this topic. Sure, sure. So basically, uh, you know, story came out today. Tor is one of the, the most important security you know institutions in the entire world, right? Uh, so can you what explain came... Tor, Brie, for people that don't know what it is? Uh, I mean, I honestly am not that familiar with it to give like a hyper detailed <laughs> thing on it. Yeah. If I may, really quick, uh, yeah, it's 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 a free software, uh, so you know everyone can have access to it, and it's also a network. Uh, they also they ship a browser that people can use to connect to the Tor network that allows them to uh, access the internet, you know, anonymously. It protects you from traffic analysis, which is how uh, network surveillance happens, basically, where people can tune in and see what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, it's used by privacy advocates. It's used by people in places where the government says you can't uh, do certain things. But overall, it is a, it's software and a network. But the thing that most people are familiar with is the Tor browser, which is the browser that allows you to access the internet safely and anonymously. Awesome. So, I mean, but the, the situation itself, this is, this is what's really scary. So you, you definitely have a, a fixture in the security world, a very prestigious company, I would say. And so the board has this meeting where, you know, one of the people comes forward and finally talks about the, the elephant in the room, which is this, you know, tour person, uh, Applebaum, who had been, um, had a long history of people coming forward and, you know, alleging some very serious sexual misconduct with him. Uh, you know, there are people that have, you know, um, basically accused him of rape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what ended up happening is the woman that comes forward to talk about it, like, has this really, really emotional dinner uh, with the board trying to talk about it. And they kind of very dismissively say to her, like, well, I hope you're getting uh, a good, you know, live counseling for that situation. So it's it's a situation, obviously, I'm not there. So I just want to say it very clearly. I cannot know what happened there, but it's certainly indicative of a bigger problem in the tech world, which is see no evil and hear no evil. So you have these companies that when you have a lot of dudes, it, it seems like really any institution where there aren't a lot of women around, whether it's the, the Catholic church or the military, like, you know, it seems like you can kind of have this problem where these this kind of behavior just kind of gets swept up under the rug. So what ended up happening here was, you know, victim blaming. It wasn't taken seriously. And, you know, this dude essentially got a slap on the wrist, you know, a 10-day suspension, which is nothing about this, while Tor's board looked the other way. So I think this is a really, you know, serious problem. It's very emblematic of our, you know, structural sexism in the tech industry. And and it's not even the tech industry. This happens... For every single group um, or um, universities or um, 
work situations or clubs, people want to protect the name of the club. They don't want to have a scandal come out. And so it's in everyone's best interest to hope that it goes away, to hope that it isn't true, to look the other way, to try to not make um, as much of a mess. And then, you know, it ends up with, you know, the person that's been harassed being the one that's the bad person or that has to leave or that's, you know, slandered or maligned because um, we think to protect what is our happy area or what we believe in and we don't want to have anything come out that's going to ruin or tarnish that name. And it, it ends up being so much more damaging. But I think that because of that, a lot of times people won't say anything. People will just say, you know what, I don't want to make a stir and I don't want to make people be angry at me because someone that speaks out against an organization and says, this is like many people think this is a great organization. And then someone says, well, th- these are the problems that it goes to. They're the ones that end up uh, being maligned and not being able to stay in the organization because people become angry at them for speaking out against something that you know might be really good in lots of other ways but has this problem. And so we really need to look at the way that we handle problems and issues and deal with them quickly and efficiently and really take them seriously instead of hoping that we turn a blind eye. And I think that most people, it's easier to turn a blind eye than to stand up and say, you know what, we need to do something about this. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's basically the reason I wanted to, you know, cover this today is, you know, I do know that a lot of dudes listen to, uh, you know, I know you listen to Isometric, I know you listen to Disruption, too. You know, uh, a story that's been in the news a lot this week is the the Stanford, you know, dumpster rapist, right? And, you know, these two people are going by and see the sexual assault and, you know, they're heroes, like they basically stepped up and and stopped it. They ended up chasing this guy down and holding him down until the cops came. You know, women, a lot of guys like want to feel that they're going to do the right thing in that situation. But the truth is most don't. And I've seen this over and over and over and over again through my career. So, you know, there are a few very basic things you can do here. You know, the most radical thing that's been said you can do is listen to women when, you know, they, we tell you our experiences. No, so, no, they can't do that, Brie. They can't do that. That's, that's <laughs> no, it's impossible. Idea. It's that's impossible, right? Ridiculous. No, I mean, if, if a woman is coming forward and saying, you know, I've been sexually assaulted or this person is, you know, uh, acting inappropriately, you know, first of all, don't say, oh, I'm going to beat somebody up. Like, but, you know, hear her, take it seriously. And, you know, appreciate that even if um, you feel that she's being inaccurate in some way, like her feelings are absolutely mm-hmm. true. So, you know, when you minimize the the situations going on, you're actually minimizing her as a person. So, um, you know, I, we need people in tech to step up because this is not going to change by like cheerleading eight-year-old girls learning how to code. Yeah. This is a structural problem in our industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that her her letter um, to the court was probably one of the best, most well-written, courageous letters. Um, I think that everyone should take a look and read it. It is so eloquent and strong mm-hmm. and staunch Poignant. and courageous. Yep. Yeah, it's just so well written and um it, I, it I'm get, really... getting goosebumps now just thinking yeah, about it. I, I they read it on CNN and I cried mm, like yeah. three times listening Amazing. to it. I did yeah. I did want to ask you a question about this, Georgia. And uh, you know, before I say this, like, you know, if you follow me on social media, I am 
exactly as outraged and pissed and upset as everyone else is about this. Um, but I wanted to ask you a question, like for you professionally as a therapist, because this is this is something that's very much been on my mind. Um, you know, this person, Brock Turner. Um, is the subject of national shaming right now, and for very, very good reason, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he's even got Fox News criticizing him. I saw that on the gym today, Vice President Biden. (laughs) You know, um, I was just reading a story on Broadly where some witches were putting a hex on him. Um, So I certainly think this person is deserved of a lot of scrutiny, um, though I think the the calls for him to be raped in prison are just evil and wildly inappropriate. If you say stuff like that, you are the bad guy. Um, But Georgia, my question for you is... What do you do if you're a therapist and someone were to walk into your office? Like if a Brock Turner did hypothetically, mm-hmm. like how do you like, cause you have to run into people in your career that have you know committed adultery or done terrible things that are still hurting and need help. Like how, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Like, are there cases where you say, I can't help you? Do you just well, put your I, feelings there aside? There are certain cases that I wouldn't take on um, because I know that it wouldn't, I wouldn't be good at dealing with, it or I wouldn't be helpful in the situation. Yeah. And so as long as someone felt remorse and wanted to change, um, I would be able to work with them and help that. I think that um, I think that everyone has the capacity to do horrible things. I think yeah. that if in put certain situations, I could do horrible, abhorrent things just like anyone else does. I don't put myself above that. And I think that it would be dishonest for anyone to think that they would be beyond being able to do something given the right circumstances. And so I think that if you have come in to get help, I think that that's a wonderful thing so that you can make a change. And I think that there's very few truly evil people in the world. There are. Um, If you have no empathy, you would have the capacity to do horrible things without feeling bad. But most people, it's not that. It's a lot of other things that are put into place for the reasons that they do that. And so I work with ways to actually help them change, to help them understand what were the repercussions repercussions to what they did, to be able to take radical responsibility for their wrongs and to be able to figure out the flaws in their personality and character traits that allowed that to happen so that it won't happen again. And we want to be able to help people. I think that, um, you know, public <coughs> shaming and um, maligning people, you know... It, you know, I, I understand it, and I was just as angry and frustrated and upset as as everyone else is with this. But I think that I think that the dialogue on what can we, we can do to stop our culture from thinking that this is okay, from helping young boys understand what is no, what is consent. Um, there's a great tea video, <clears throat> which is like a, just a brilliant video on what is consent. You know, if you wouldn't give someone tea when they're unconscious, then you shouldn't, you know, have sexual <laughs> relations with yeah. someone. Yeah. It's just it's just a great video. You know, if you if they fall asleep in the middle of giving them tea, then stop giving them tea. Like it's mm, all of mm-hmm. these things that are just a different way to look at it. So people understand. And I think that that that's something that's a conversation to have. But if you cannot feel empathy um, or understand or care enough about the person that's that's your client that's coming in to get help, then you should not be helping them. And so there's certain cases that I would not take on. I would not be able to take on serial killers or, um, you know, people without remorse. It's just not my area of expertise, and I would not 
really be able to help them very well. But if someone's done something horrible and wants to change, I'm like, I fully get that. I've done horrible things and I want to get better from it as well. And so that I can empathize with and hopefully make yeah. it better for later. Yeah. Steve, I was, uh, you know, I've, I've certainly heard a lot of the feminist perspective this week yeah. on this, but I mean, for you, I mean, you're obviously a feminist too, but like yeah. as kind of a straight dude, I'm, I'm curious what you, what are your thoughts on this kind of, I, I mean, I remember being a college student and been, you know, we all have talked about how we're horrible people. I'm not, it's that horrible, obviously, but you know, you're kind of inundated in a lot of the there's a lot of kind of fear uncertainty and doubt and a lot of kind of defensiveness around like a lot of the you know people you have to be really careful because girls will make anything up and whatever and a lot of the the defensiveness from the the guy perspective about that and and i think it's very easy to internalize a lot of that because that's how the culture is among guys and when you're when you're told that you are a lot of your self-worth kind of revolves around your conquest with the opposite sex. We'll say it that way. Then that can kind of go awry very quickly in, in a lot of different ways. One of the ways that we need to diffuse this is by de-emphasizing that among boys, too, and figuring out how to teach boys as they're growing up that that's not the most important thing because – that ends up manifesting itself in all kinds of horrible ways. Um, and, and you get guys who are, you get pickup artists and you get MRAs and you get rapists and you get all kinds of different horrible outcomes from toxic masculinity. And, and it's taken me a really, you know, like over the last couple of years, just realizing there's like a new thing every day that I realize is, is because of those types of things when I was growing up yeah. and it's, and, and I think the term toxic masculinity kind of gets a bad rap sometimes because people think that when they hear it, they get very defensive because they think that it's masculinity is toxic and it's not what it means. But more that, um, you know, there are just so many ways that that guys are like told, you know, don't cry, be a man or, you know, all those types of things that just end up creating these horrible situations and creating these guys who just think they're entitled to everything uh, and and entitled to a woman's body whether you know whether she gives consent or not yeah, and and yeah. that's that's really the the thing that kind of gets talked about but nobody really is looking at that side of it also to try to figure out how to make things better so that you know we're teaching boys not that we have to teach you know girls and women to be defensive but we teach boys and and men as they're growing up like yeah. how to be decent people and respect anyone regardless of whether whether they're of your gender or not. Yeah. I mean, I think something I would like to see, and this is bringing it back to the tour thing, is, you know, anyone, unfortunately, can end up being, uh, God, how can I say this? You, you can be the villain in this situation. You can be a good person. You can mm -hmm. have the best of intentions. You can want to respect women. And you can be the villain in this situation. I'm sure if I sat down with those guys that uh, were at Tor, I'm sure I would find people that intellectually believe women should be treated equally. Intellectually, they believe that, you know, sexual assault victims should be treated, you know, with respect to have their, their concerns taken seriously. And then it will be but... And, you know, what I think we've done, unfortunately, in our society 
is we've set this bar where to be a sexist is so bad that very few of us will like think about our behavior. You know, Micah, we've talked about this before. I have had to do a lot of growing on race. I mean, I used to believe that just because I voted for the Democrats, that was the end in you know the end of the conversation as far as not being racist. It's not even close. So, you know, like we all need to be able to look at our actions and hear what the other person is saying without being defensive. Because I have to say, like there are a lot of really well-intentioned men in tech that hurt the women around them daily in ways they don't realize. (laughs) Good place to leave it. (laughs) It ends up getting to a point where (sighs) there's a bit of helplessness. And I don't mean that in a dismissive sense where it's like, well, there's nothing I can do, so I give up. I don't give up, but it comes to a point where it's just like, my God, why does this keep happening? And why why is this still a thing? And you, I don't know, a person like me who carries a sunny disposition throughout life uh, struggles uh, coming across, you know, time after time after time after time of being reminded that, uh, there's there's still so so much bad in the world, and then you know a racist, homophobic, uh, turd of a person is suddenly the Republican uh, <laughs> candidate for president, and then your sunny disposition is just shot to sh- to stuff. Uh, so yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, this, I, I literally, like, I just keep going, uh, 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 but that's because it's just so, what do you say? What do you do? And, Bree, I'm glad that you have, you often do have advice that you can give there. And I'm thankful for that because it is important uh, f- to to be able to offer help and uh, I don't know, uh, direction. And especially for a person, you know, for, for the, those of us, like you mentioned, you know, where we're trying to be woke, the woke people that we are, you don't want to end up being the enemy. Uh, or I can't remember how, exactly how you put it earlier, but end up accidentally being adversarial where you thought, you know, that you were a good person and you were, you know, intellectually fighting for the right thing. And then it turns out you weren't. So any advice I think is always a positive thing. And that's why, you know, I am just as happy to give out advice when asked about race and things like that, and that there are plenty of other people out there who who know just as much and more about those types of things. So I, I don't know. I think that if you are a person who considers yourself to be woke, then you should be looking for answers to the questions that you have. And there are people out there who are happy to answer them. Yeah. 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 I think that's well said. I, I, I think I would close out by saying, you know, I realize many feminists are exhausted with like trying to educate, you know, dudes on a a daily basis. And certainly like I've tried to do this on my Twitter when people have questions to like answer them respectfully, but you know, it's exhausting, but I do think that we don't talk to each other enough. And I think that whenever you can engage and, you know, you have to have boundaries and someone's just being toxic and stubborn and trying to prove their own point, that's when I walk away. But I think we could all do better to talk to each other more. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> what, what What is next on the list? WWDC, I think, right? Are, are we, yeah. we going to do our WWDC stuff? I, I think awesome. we need to. Well, I think we need to have a happier topic after that, right? So yeah. I think, yes, I think it's time to predict the future. 
And the future is what is happening next week. WWDC is coming. And even though there are certain people, Renee Ritchie, who say there won't be any hardware announced at WWDC, let's go around. Which is so sad. I know it's so sad. That's just Renee just doesn't want anybody to be happy. Is really Renee what it is. is just a fun Typical sucking Renee. fun sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Such a downer. Never I can't even say that. Positive <laughs> energy. Yeah. Right, right. Like, Never, you know, emitting like a golden aura. Always a very dark aura. Anywho, yeah. let's go around and talk about what we think we might see from WWDC. Wait, before and- we do that, Micah, we have to say this. You and I are going to have <gasps> the Rocket Live Show. Live Wait. Show, Rocket, you, me, Christina Warren. <laughs> Christina Warren? Awesome. You mean awesome. film underscore girl Christina Warren? Yeah. <laughs> Live <laughs> Show, Rocket, I know. kind of also disruption, possibly even a little bit eye more. Like, it's just going to be so good. You, If you're not the going to Altcon. That you cannot miss. This is the show, the show that no one can miss. There, the there may be assault with stuffed animals because that's what happened I, at I, our live show. So Right, right. And George was injured. <laughs> yes. No, I can't tell you what the secret thing is, but I can say oh, Lord. Mike is working our, our wonderful oh. network president, Mike Hurley, the best human being on the entire planet, is working with <laughs> the sponsor to potentially have something really fun happening in really our live show. Exciting. It yeah. may not happen, but I can tell you, I suggest you be in the audience. Heck but yeah. It will be really fun yeah. even if something doesn't happen. That's well, something oh, yeah, yeah, regardless, right. it'll regardless. be yeah. awesome. And yeah. even oh, if you're yeah. not there, you'll know that it's happening from the disturbance in the force. So <laughs> so I was a little, I got really concerned there for a second because Brie was like, yeah, there's going to be something secret that you don't know about. And I was like, I don't know about it either. I'm terrified. <laughs> you're the and one then, who told me I was missing on the Slack messages. Yeah, it, now I know what it is. And now I'm not as anxious about everything, except, except really quickly, I do have to say that this week and last week, uh, our, my dear friends at the Rocket Twitter handle have been encouraging the audience to bring me socks and be yes. barefoot and yes. <laughs> These terrible things. That is so great. That's great. So, feel free to offer Micah a glass of nasty juice on stage. Also, <laughs> I yeah. would prefer a glass of nasty juice to bare feet in the audience. So, can we tell people what time it is, Micah? Can we tell people what time it is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. it's, so the show is going to be at three fifty-five on Tuesday. So, listen, you want to blow off that whole stupid Apple keynote or anything else that's going on there? That's for losers. You want to come over to the Rocket Live show at AltConf. So, which is the there. day after it's the be keynote. Super friendly. And I have to say like uh you were talking about our Twitter account, we threw the keys to Charles Tan, who has been rocking the Rocket Twitter account. So, really? Yeah, we did. That was, was, oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's, I'm so great. That's so fantastic. Like, oh, it's great. So I'm going to order him to like get into a big fight with the isometric Twitter account. <gasps> so that's it'll fantastic. Be, it'll be wonderful. <laughs> All of you should go follow Charles Tan, friend of the show. We yes. love him. He, we oh, do. Yeah, we love great, Charles. He has great stuff. He sent me a really oh amazing short story. Very, very cool. Seriously, though, that's awesome. I had no idea that that was Charles, and I was like, okay, like, Brie, I know she makes jokes sometimes, but this person, this whoever's doing this knows a lot about a lot of things. That's true. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I don't think this is Brie. Right. Hmm. There is just Why? too much. Like, Why? You're saying I can't be friendly, Georgia Dad? <laughs> Wait, you're assuming it was the friendliness. 
Like you, you're friendly, but that yeah. might be the, true. The, but you're assuming that. <laughs> just too much awareness of everything. I was like, I don't know that Brie pays this much attention. <laughs> but Charles definitely does, and now it all makes sense. Makes okay, sense. so other than predicting Micah fainting from an anxiety attack because of feet, uh, Steve, <laughs> what do you predict is going to happen at WWDC? I, I'll tell you what I hope is going to happen, which is that they get on the stage and they say, we're not actually doing anything and we're just fixing bugs and that's it. Go go home. Like that would be, that would kind of be fan, my my dream. For what you they're just want them do. to tell everyone to go home because you love telling everyone to go home. Uh, I mean, I just, I just want them to fix stuff. Like, I just want them to take a year and just. They've already been doing so much over the past year. I mean, they they released the the watch. They released the Apple TV. They released Apple Music. There, there's probably a whole bunch of other big things that I'm not even thinking about. They need to just take a year and just, you know, make all those things shine again. Like I. I feel like, and I know this is kind of a meme in the Apple community that Apple software is declining, but I feel like I've had enough things just not go right when I'm using Apple devices over the past like year or so that I I don't remember feeling that way like a lot of the time, just like bugs that feel like they wouldn't have been in there a couple of years ago that wouldn't have slipped by or like Apple Music just being like I'm all in on Apple Music and to my chagrin, basically. But it's it feels like it needs a lot of tender, loving care. And I want them to make Apple great again. You know what I mean? Like I want them to. Uh, no, no, no. no, no, no. Find way phrase that, Steve. <laughs> Try again. Oh, Wrong answer. Oh, wow, Steve. Wow, Steve. That's all I have to say. You want Apple to move forward. You want forward. I'm with Apple. You're with Apple. Right. Okay. Oh my lord. Um, Stand with them. All right. All right. Yeah, that, so that's all right. Steve's prediction. Nothing. More. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say less a prediction, fixes, more yes. a desire. Yeah. Okay. But that's okay, Steve. You know, salty Steve can break the rules. What I'm what I'm afraid of is that they're going to introduce this Echo competitor and have another piece of hardware that is going to be on top of all the other pieces of hardware that they put out into market and maybe isn't you know isn't as thought out as it should be. That's what I'm. That's my fear. My hope is that they're just going to take everything that they have and make it make it awesome again. Okay, that's fair. What about fair. you, G Dow? <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, I already know that we're probably not going to get any hardware focus on software. Um, what I am uh, expecting is Siri to be more of an actual assistant, to be able to be um, really there, to be able to help you out. And I think that Google's been really pushing. Um, AI and computer assistance, and I think that Apple's going to be stepping up to the plate and showing what they can do with that. And so that's what I'm hoping for because I don't use Siri very much because, you know, she doesn't understand my Canadian. Um, So I'm hoping that that works (laughs) out, and that's what I expect will be one of the bigger announcements. So a Siri that works. A Siri that works and works across all platforms? I, I, I don't use all platforms. So... Do you use you use that little like pink MacBook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would I use Siri on my MacBook? Uh, no, I w- I don't. Think yeah. I would. would you? I don't know. Why I would wouldn't. I use Siri uh, on my MacBook? Yeah, yeah. What would you do on Hello, your MacBook? Hello, George Adele. What the frack? Of course, yeah, what I would. The frack? What would you do? What tell me? What would you do on your? I would transcribe stuff. 
like all the time, like I'm sitting there painting my nails and I'm near my Mac and I'm just yeah, like, hey, yeah. Siri, will you like go to BuzzFeed and read the story for me? No, yeah. like, seriously. I mean, I would use it all the time for transcription. I do, I do use reading of the pages. That I could do. Read to me. I would like that. Read to me, Siri. I get that one. Yeah, yeah. But you could do that already, can't you? I think Siri on the Mac is going to be a lot more I powerful than George it is. I messaged George Dow a picture of a penis, and it, oh, would just happen. <laughs> it would just happen magically. Hold on. Would this be like a drawing, or would this be photorealistic? Siri would figure out those details for me, Mike. Oh, I'm a busy oh. woman. I'm a busy woman. I, that's for my administration assistant. It go, ding, ding. Would you like to send her a photorealistic penis or no. one that is oh, drawn? Goodness. No. Bing, like, bing. Can we go back to talking about photo. feet? <laughs> so can i get my prediction yeah go ahead yes. Yes. For this. so i want to talk a little more realistically rather not what i would want to see but what i think is very probable so i think you have to look at this year's wwdc through the lens of uh you know what's coming which is um this year's iphone is not going to be a redesign uh from everything we've seen uh it's going to be an evolution on the 6 and 6s design uh so the features they're talking about are dual cameras Nah. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. So I think we have to ask ourselves, like, what are the features that Apple is going to be, you know, concentrating on with iOS 10 to really, um, you know, make all of this shine? So what you're saying is, is that it, you're going to see the iOS 10 and you can use what they're going to be focusing on iOS 10 to find out what, because it's not going to be the, the phone that they're going to be showing in WDC, right. but you can use this information to then figure, to figure out, out what yeah, is this? exactly. Ah. Well, you can do that because they'll announce sessions yeah. later on, like uh, two years ago, like WWDC started, and they revealed a bunch of features to like figure out how to resize your app on different size phones. And everyone's like, oh, okay, we're probably increasing screen size there. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think what they're going to focus on is um, clearly security. You know, ever since this, um, you know, iPhone debacle, uh, you know, with this uh, this terrorist shooter and the FBI trying to crack the phone by basically making all of us unsafe, um, you know, I think we're going to see Apple not double down, not triple down, like quadruple down on security. So I would like to see, um, you know, encryption with the phone. I would like to see that increased. Um, you know, Christina Warren just uh, sent out a story. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but she's talking about how Siri is really going to be the um, you know, the linchpin of everything that's uh, going on this year. So those would be my two predictions, mm-hmm. which would be really increased encryption and Siri. You know, I would also say I think we're going to see uh, with the next uh, you know Watch Kit OS three uh, coming out. I think that's really going to hint to what the future of the Apple Watch is going to be, which is a mm-hmm. pretty media device yeah I, I mean isn't encryption and siri aren't don't those kind of work at opposite aims though because the oh way that come you on make, you curmudgeon no i'm no i'm serious <laughs> i mean if you're the reason that google is good at a digital assistant type things mm-hmm. is because they take all the data from all their users and they combine it into one big data set and they're using that to to feed back into the virtual assistant and apple's said really clearly that's not something that they want to do they want to keep your data as your data but that kind of that kind of works at odds with being able to do a lot of advanced ai stuff because you're always working on a smaller data set 
And machine learning, the only way that you get better modeling is by having more data to do more tests against the model to be able to come up with a better model that's more accurate. I, I always look at what Apple wants to do. And I'm, I, you know, I'm an Apple customer still because I appreciate that because I work in that space and I want somebody looking out in that way too. But I kind of accept that that's going to limit what they're going to be able to do with AI going forward. Well, I think that you're right in that um, that's why Google is so good at performing AI because they have a huge data set and it's going to be a working beta and they're going to be using your conversations and what you give to in order to make it more conversational. And so I don't mind if it's not really as conversational as Google's AI. I think that my safety, privacy, security is worth that. But I do want it to be able to be um, like just the basic conversations to be able to understand many different ways. I think that one of the biggest problems with Siri is that you don't know what to say to get the information that you want. It doesn't really understand some of the basic, simple, straightforward ways in which people ask for things. And I think that if they can do that, I would be able to have an AI that is not a computer, like not an actual human assistant, which almost goes into the creepy. I'm not sure if I'm even ready for that yet. Um, and has something that is at least useful and is more accurate and is able to pull up a little bit more information. So what I would love is also for Apple to open up the sandbox so that it's still a closed sandbox, but that, you know, the Siri can run also like just remote without having to hit the website. So it's on my phone itself so that that would speed it up. And it would also have, I wouldn't have to worry if I have Wi-Fi or not. And also that it would be able to understand my calendars and what are my to-do lists so that it could say, listen, you can, you know, when I make an appointment at 9.05 and I have a 30-minute appointment at, you know, from 9 to 9.30, I can say, well, listen, there's a conflict there. And so I would also like if they were able to do that. But yeah, you're right, Steve, it does. Like one of the reasons why Google's so good is because they've used all the information that we've been giving them. That's why I think that Siri on the Mac is going to be a lot better because I think there will be a lot more local stuff that Siri can do where it doesn't need to ping the servers and figure out things that way. Uh, on the other hand, I think that you know what Alexa does with uh, being just an always-on, always-connected device is also awesome, and I think that Siri could, uh, you know, if we see that see it in an Alexa-style device, I think that it'll be good as well because it'll be always-on and always-connected. Uh, as for me, my first prediction is that I will take Christina Warren at her word that she will uh, buy all of the drinks that I desire, and I will have an stone now. embarrassing night um, with Brie where we go into a party car yeah. that isn't actually our car. Last postal service up to 11, right? <laughs> Somebody tell me, if I just hold up my driver's license to a car, I go, Sorry, ma'am. This is Brianna New Business. Please get out of the car now. They have to get out. Right? I think they have to get out. I, I'm pretty I sure you're allowed true. to commandeer a car. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. legal. That's true. Yeah, okay. and when you do, I will hop in that car with you, and we will party car. Um, so, are you saying that the next disruption is going to be from jail? <laughs> yes, that's this is exactly this is all saying. legal according to disruption law, Georgia. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I do predict that. Um, the Apple Watch is going to get better. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what that means yet. I want yet. someone to say a prediction when something's going to get worse. Oh, I well, I'll have that some the of that, Apple too. Watch will be worse after we are I done. We can talk about Apple, Apple Music if you'd like, Georgia. Oh, but. That's true. Oh, that I think that the Apple TV is going to get worse before it gets better, to be oh, honest with is, you. but but You're hurting me, both of you. 
Well, I'm sorry. I just have to be honest there. The Apple yeah. TV right now is underpowered, and I think that you know, in the in the coming months, it's going to try to be overpowered, and I think that it's not going to do a very good job of being overpowered. And we've we're still trying to kind of figure out what it can actually do. But um, as for the Apple Watch, I think that we will see more complications, which I'm excited about, uh, and hopefully third party uh, complications that don't just do one thing where they're more powerful. Um, and I think that uh, there's going to be a surprise. I don't know what it is yet, but I think that there's going to be a one more thing. Uh, I don't know if that's how it's going to be, you know, brought out or put on stage or whatever, but I don't think that... Uh, You're not you know, saying it's wh- going to be a car or a new Apple Watch, though, are you? No, it's if not going it to be a car I'm so excited. Okay, crush it's me. not going to be a car Micah, in the new. <laughs> this is my job, Georgia Dow, to crush uh, you. Uh, oh wait, breaking! So, oh, breaking! New story has just come out. Ooh. At WWDC, <gasps> Apple will unveil the iDow. <laughs> it's coming out. I don't know what that is. George is actually that's, actually that's going the to be one Siri. more thing. Georgia Dow replaces Siri, and every time she can't do oh the thing that God. you ask her to do, it's just a Georgia Dow laugh. So then no one can get mad at <laughs> yeah. Siri anymore. That would yeah. fix all of Siri's problems. Yes, like, Siri, would you please schedule me a meeting? <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, was that was that a Georgia laugh? Was that? That's I'm suddenly wow. becoming yes. Georgia laugh. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I ask it? Can I ask a serious question? As the I think uh, as the only non-watch owner, I'm going to ask this of the three of you. But so I really thought you were about to say as the only non-white person. I don't know. Yes. Why yeah, that's that. it. As as the only non-white person on the show, Micah. Uh, <laughs> if let's say that Siri 2.0 happens, right? And Siri 2.0 <laughs> is like the Siri of everybody's dreams. Is that by itself? enough to make the watch and the apple tv significantly better to the point where it's at least close to what you wanted what you were expecting like when they were first announced you think that siri is the you are in this like theoretical world where you are not white and uh (laughs) siri is all powerful um you think that siri is the savior of of those platforms I'm asking how much of a difference just making oh. Siri that much better would make for the phone. And I, I don't think so much for the TV because the TV is just a oh, lost okay. loss cause right now. But but for the for the watch. For the I watch, have to say, I like the TV. I've come to yeah. like the TV. So just take that for I don't use well. Siri. Yeah, I don't use Siri really much at all anywhere. I think that I'll use it on the Mac, but I don't think I'm going to use it on the other platforms like I already don't. So no. For me, the thing that that's going to make the Apple Watch better is uh, faster so that it's got, you know, like whenever I ask it to do something, it actually does it on the watch and I don't have to just wait with my arm in the air for seven hours. And for the TV, I have never, except by accident, activated Siri on the TV. On my phone, I only use Siri for timers. So Siri could honestly disappear and I would be okay, except on the Mac where I think it's actually going to be awesome. So yeah, Siri is not the savior to me for the watch or the TV or anything like that. So why would you want it? Why would you want it on the Mac if it's not, if you don't use it anywhere else? Because I think that Siri on the Mac is actually going to be a more powerful uh, virtual assistant where it actually makes sense uh, to have it. I, I really do. I think that it's not just going to do – they're going to code that back end, why would it not I, – I don't agree with that because I think the, the Mac is such a wide open platform with so many potential apps there. 
Whereas like linking to the system apps in iOS, that's a lot of control there. There's control over versions to a certain extent. That's control over hardware. Um, and they have to code the same backend. Like if you read about the, the Siri backend, it's a fascinating uh, topic. So yeah, I actually I don't agree with you at all on that, Micah. I think so. Right now, I use Spotlight to do almost everything on my Mac. And if I didn't even have to type, if Siri worked as like, if I said, Ahoy telephone, except Mac, Ahoy Mac, Ahoy laptop computer, uh, launch Slack. And okay, let me just get uh, what I would This is like my theorizing Siri Ahoy telephone, launch Slack, Chrome and Skype. And then all of those things pop up on my computer. Right now I hit command space. I type in Slack. I hit command space. I type in Skype. I hit command space and I type in Chrome. And then those three different applications launch. Uh, then I can use the dictation features, which yes, are already part of, of the Mac. But what if I said, Siri, uh, you know, bring Slack to the front and send this message. And then it automatically knows that, you know, the, the front facing uh, bar is the one that I want to type into. Yes, I know that the Mac is far more open and that it would take a lot of tie-ins, but we're also hearing that Siri's getting third-party support on iOS. And so if that can come to yeah, the Mac that, too... that then... requires all developers to come through and, and support yeah. it. Right. And on top of that, like the, the iPhone has some really advanced features with like noise cancellation and detecting it. Like the microphone, the hardware for your phone is literally built in a way to facilitate the use of Siri. That is absolutely not the case in the Mac. You don't have that same uh, noise cancellation technology of one microphone listening to figure out what to cancel in the the thing. So, like, if you're annoyed by Siri on your iPhone where I'm messing with you, imagine how frustrated you're going to be when that's happening at your computer. Yeah. And, and let's be real, they're, if they're building third-party support into Mac apps, they're only going to be available in the Mac App Store, which means that that's effectively not going to be an option. Yeah, I have to agree with uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I, I don't we'll agree see. with you. Don't agree so with you on that. The, the yeah. MacBook Pro, for example, has dual microphones, one for cancellation and one for listening. Uh, and so it, a lot of the does. laptops yeah. are, are built to do that. Uh, yeah, I think ultimately we'll see how powerful Siri is on the Mac. And what I'll say is this. If Siri is anything like what I'm imagining uh, it to be on the Mac, which may, perhaps Bree is correct and perhaps it won't be anything like that, then uh, that's the Siri that I will use on the Mac. But if it's literally just you know feature to feature what it is on iOS, then yeah, Steve, you're you're dead on with your question. I won't use it. I I don't need something that tells me the sports scores or does you know eight plus two um, because I just type those in a lot faster than I can even speak them. Frankly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've we'll stopped. See. I've stopped even using it to text. Like when my hands like when I'm driving or whatever, because half the time it doesn't understand what I'm saying anyway. The f as soon as you try to do something with it and it doesn't work and then you end up having to do it the old way anyway, then it, it's actually wasting you time to yeah. even try it at that point. Like, th I think that there's a lot of skepticism right now and, and they really have to do something amazing to win people back to trying Siri again because it's really just got a bad reputation right now for working for very extremely limited use cases and 
uh, for the rest of it is just, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand you, or here's a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yep, I've said time and time again, we've done a lot of uh, roundtables on iMore talking about what we're hoping to see. And one thing that I keep bringing up over and over again is to restore my faith in Siri. And I mean that, genuinely, because right now I have no faith in Siri. I have all the faith in Amazon Alexa, and I know Renee would take uh, you know trouble with that, but I love my Amazon Alexa because I have faith in that platform, and I don't in Siri anymore. So we'll I, see. I feel like I have to say I use Siri a lot. It is not that bad, and it's it's absolutely got problems. But I use it to schedule stuff, to send text messages, um, wow. to check check scores all the time. Like constantly, so I don't um, trust it. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just a different experience. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, the last time that I asked it to text Maureen leaving work, and it told me that Maureen leaving work wasn't in my contacts. I, <laughs> I, that was the end of it. Yeah, that yeah, is true. That though does happen. that is true. That Maureen leaving Maureen leaving work is not in your contacts. <laughs> though, though I, I will tell you that according to one of my seven year old daughters uh, who volunteered, that uh, Siri knows when that when you die you go to heaven, but she does not know what it feels like when you die so she just oh volunteered gosh. that the other day like oh out of the gosh. blue yeah Jeez. so <laughs> that's great <gasps> your siri may be haunted steve lubitz <laughs> i don't know it's probably trying to kill you it's trying to you need to get out of the house right now <laughs> uh, hey, hey, so, hey georgia so, yeah I got, I got some, I got some quick questions for you super quick oh, really quick good ready god no really are we really fine is this a prescription drug or is it a tolkien elf Tell me now. Char- Charles Charles said you need to do this, so that means you have to. Uh, I'm going to ask you. There are 30 of them. I'm not going to ask you all 30 because we don't have that kind of time, and we no one has that kind of attention span. But here we go. <laughs> Is Frova, F-R-O-V-A, a prescription drug or a Tolkien elf? If I'm anyone gonna, knows, I'm it should be Georgia Dow. I'm going to 50-50 because there's, there's no chance I'm going to get these right. Okay, I'm going to say it's a drug because it sounds like an elf. Tolkien elf. Tolkien elf. It is a drug. It's a oh. class of drug called a triptan, and it's used to treat migraine pain. All right, Aristor, E-R-E-S-T-O-R, Aristor. I'm going to guess it's an elf. Drug. Drug. You are correct. Wow. Aristor was an elf of Rivendell and part of the Council of Elrond during the War of the Ring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always consult my physician before I go to the Council of Elrond, so. <laughs> take, take some Elrond. Eisen. Eisentress. I S E N T R E S S. Eisentress. I'll say it's an elf. I think it's a drug. It is a drug. It's a type of HIV medication called an integrase inhibitor. And that's Eisentress. Okay, what? <laughs> this, these are the last two. And I can't even pronounce this one. Q V A R. Like, how do you even say that? Kvar. Var. Kvar. It's pronounced Farfignugan. I'm going to say that that has to be an elf, because who would make a drug that you cannot pronounce? Who would make a drug you can't pronounce? It is a drug! It's a drug drug you cannot pronounce. Pharmacists, that's who would. You don't pronounce it, you inhale it. It's a corticosteroid prescribed to prevent (laughs) asthma attacks. But you can't pronounce it, so why is it to prevent asthma attacks? I don't understand. And last but not least... you're breathing it in while you're saying it. Matt, that's the noise that you make when you inhale it. Kvar. Oh, Kvar. Okay, that's probably a terrible thing for me to do. Celeborn. (laughs) C-E-L-E-B-O-R-N. That sounds like a sexual, uh, like, promiscuity drug. I'm going to say it's an elf. You think it's an elf? All right. It is! <laughs> Celeborn oh. and his wife Galadriel were guardians of La Florian. I probably oh, pronounced that is, wrong. This is, this is Galadriel's husband? Yeah, huh. yeah. 
Which I know who Galadriel is, so that's interesting. Yeah, Celeborn She's is married, not a guys. drug that increases your sexual drive. Good to know. And that's all I'm going to ask because <laughs> otherwise we'd be here for a long time. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so if you are wanting to call in with your questions that we did not get to this week, but we will for future weeks, you can call 508 508- 418-3532. That's 508-418-3532. Please don't forget to review the show on iTunes. We love it when you do. We think it's fantastic, and sometimes Bree will read those reviews off, and yeah. we will all celebrate because they're just fantastic. Uh, you can find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm slash disruption. And if you are not prone to you know wanting to leave a call, then you can tweet Hashtag disrupt me and we will pick that up. And if you want to remain anonymous and you still don't want to call in, then you can go ahead and send us a direct message. Our direct messages are open. Now, we are thankful to Relay for hosting this show and every show. And you can find our Twitter at dis- at underscore disruption F. M, where I wish we had Charles running the show because he is fantastic. You can find me on Twitter at Micah Sergeant. Steve, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Wicked Good. Bree, what about you, my dear? Oh, looking so longingly at my Oculus oh, Rift and no. sobbing. Oh, oh, and on Twitter at the, the, the dull, uneventful account known as Space Cat Gal. And Georgia, what about you? No underscores allowed. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, when I'm not playing Hollow Point on oh my HTC <laughs> or sitting on my gigantic um, uh, beanbags <sighs> while I'm we watching my husband play VR, um, I am at Georgia underscore Dow, or you can check out our video series at anxiety-videos.com. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We love each and every one of you and all of the beautiful things you send to us, including your love. Uh, (laughs) We can't wait to uh, talk to you again soon. So uh, Disrupticons, say goodbye. (laughs) Wait, I was going to go... Oh, wait. I didn't think we transformed and rolled out anymore. Steve just says go home. No, let's transform and roll out for all time's sake. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. okay. Ready? Ready? Disrupticons, transform and roll out. (laughs) 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 That was me trying to do Bastion's (laughs) thing from Overwatch and it failing miserably. Oh, dear. (sighs) 